0: Today's topic, Nayak Tzvi, and I wanna, I wanna read to you. I wanna read to the last page and a half, and then talk practically about this whole matter we've been speaking. We've been talking already for a week on the topic of honesty, but we're talking about subtle madragas of honesty. It's. It says that, <laughs> that Avram Avinu's <laughs> mesech at eight hundred prakim. Now, what does that mean? Our mesech desar is very short, and Avram Avinu's Misecht is much deeper. The more the more coarse a person is. You know what the word coarse means? Rough, rough and tough. Not a not like a like rough around the edges type person. The more coarse a person is, not uptight, not up, not forced. Coarse means rough. Rough like a person, it's the opposite no, of like sweet and refined. The opposite of refined. A coarse person has bad language, is, is rough. Edgy. Not not edgy, not refined. That's what I would say. It. That's coarse. It's a coarse man. Coarse language. Coarse language, coarse person. It's just rough around the edges, not unrefined. A coarse person. Here is much less subtlety. If somebody, the tourist says don't steal, so a coarse person, all he can visualize is a guy walking into a bank, he has the ski mask on, that's don't steal. A much more sensitive person hears much more subtlety. You would be shocked what a sensitive person hears in Don't Steal. They hear the echoes of the word, much more subtlety. A refined person says Don't Steal is not doing something that, come on, Like, does it really matter? A refined person it says doesn't steal walks out of the bathroom and doesn't take more than one paper towel. I used to like watching in Yeshiva in the in the in the old dining room there was a dispenser and, and the olam lines up to watch to wash. You can watch the yakko Firmans in the world will take two paper towels to dry their hand. Another person who's more coarse will take 10. Why do you just take 10 paper towels? Each one coarse. Okay, it's just, do a minute, it coarse? It says don't steal, you left your room, why is the light on? Why is your air conditioner on? Why is your heater on? Okay, it says don't steal, it's somebody else's money. A sensitive person sees that somebody else's money is holy, he sees much more subtly, and the bigger you get, the stronger you get. You hear much more in the commands of Hashem, much more sensitivities. Avram in Avaidazar, we say, Don't bow to a rock. The things Avram Avinu heard in Avaidazar, right? Sunshine spoke about it this summer. Unbelievable. He told us things about Ava that would make your head your hair stand on it. I don't want to talk about it now because I don't want to change the topic. Wow. But a sense. Of, so we've learned the sugi about honesty. To a coarse person, don't lie. That's true. Trust, and that's that's hard enough. To a more sensitive person, the whole sugi of lying and honesty. Because we're saying that the goal of a yeshiva is to produce a sincere. This line from the Lithuanian Rosh Hashivas, not from Kite, but Erlich have a sincere, authentic, honest person. So I want to read another page and a half. I'm getting at something and then, and then we'll talk a little bit. It's called religious bias from a negia. A negia is a bias. When you have a negia, you have a bias. In the words of the Messiah, it's called the penia. It could be called the penia or a negia. A negia is a bias. So religious bias, listen to this. Primarily the study of Musr is about ensuring that Das, intellect, is the foundation of the service of Hashem according to Revolba. He warns, the goal, of, the goal of Musr is that a person's decisions are from intellect. They're not emotional, they're not the flavor of the day. That's an intellectual decision that the person made. Certainly getting your emotion involved, but intellectual decisions. That's the aside of Musr. I'm gonna quickly relate a Musser's story to just bring this out, and that I've said it before, but I want this story to be in your to be in your essence. I'm gonna relate a story, but then I'm gonna go back to this paragraph. There's a story that Rev Ruderman spent his last dollars, like all his money. People I was reading the description of Rev. Miller's book about Slobodka. People were starving. They literally were starving. There was no food. Do you know Slobodka only served lunch one meal a day? There was no food. Rev. Miller in Slobodka was sitting in Slobodka. He's 25 years old. His only pants was so worn out and ripped. He had patched it so many times, like it couldn't be patched anymore. He said that he would come early and leave the last in the Besmej just to avoid getting up. He didn't want to be embarrassed how his pants were so ripped. They had no, they had no money, no food. And Rev. Ruderman saved up money on and he bought a pair of waltzitzes. He was very proud of 16-year-old youngsters, a beautiful, you know, the thick, I don't know if he really had the thick strings, but he had a wool pair of tzitzis, And that was like, instead of lunch, instead of supper, instead of a good piece of pizza, he had, had a wool, like he was so, he saved up the money for his wool tzatzis. So when his Rebbe saw it, when his Rebbe saw the wool tzatzis, when Alter saw the wool tzatzis, he said, why didn't you give them, and he was, Rev. Ruderman was proud, was, look what I did. His Rebbe said, I don't get it, why didn't you give them money for tzedakah? Pop, like a balloon popped. Bang, like, here's this six-year-old, so proud, and the word of the Rebbe was gold, the altar. The altar of Slobodka, It is the altar was from the, from the greatest in the world's ever seen. And he looks at me, and he was not a negative person. So I don't get it. why didn't you buy? Why didn't you <coughs> give the money to tzedakah? Bang! What a slam! When your Rebbe's words real to you, doesn't have to say They Don't to scream at you. do It's not. He said something. You hear what he said? Why didn't you give the money to Stockholm? What a what a blow, a death blow. So the altar's son-in-law of Isaac Cher. Who took over later on for the altar? That Rev Isaac Sher was a walking person of das, of intellect. He was an intellectual person, a person who made decisions. His life revolved up here. Rev Isaac Sher said to Rev I want to explain to you. He said to Rev and Rev was dejected. He said, if you would have saved up the money and given it to said, Rabbi, I gave all the money. I didn't buy pizza. I gave the to He would have said, why didn't you buy tzitzis?" Now, I, Kalish wants to explain Reb Isaac Sher. Now, I'm really confused. You didn't help matters, Rav Isaac Sher, son-in-law of the altar of Slobodki. You made matters more confusing. Now, one second. He buys tzitzis. The altar says to him, why didn't you give money to Tzedakah? Rav Isaac Sher... This Goyin and Godl Bataira says that if you would have given the money that stuck, he would have said, why didn't you buy it? So what does it do? Nothing's good enough. That's the worst thing in Chinuch is nothing's good enough. There's like almost nothing worse in Chinuch. Where you just can't, nothing's good enough, insatiable, that's horrible in Chinuch. Mm-hmm. It's funny. A lot of Waterbury Bakram have a sense of this that whatever I do, you're going to want more from me. Like if I do this, I should have done it even more. I should have done it even more. I should. Have. It's that I didn't want to do. Guys have that sense. Scenario to see all guys have told me. I stay a third year. The rabbi going to stay. Stay a fourth year. So, so I'm just going to. I, that's it. I'm not. I'm not. There is a dangerous thought thing in the when nothing's good enough. I have guys in yeshiva who don't want to try to battle. This is subconsciously. Not too subconsciously. They don't want to battle to grow. Because in the past, whatever they did, when that time you did miss, when they were trying their hardest, bang, and you got in trouble. I tell them, just come in. Good will be good enough. Just give effort. Good will be good enough. We'll be happy. We'll be satisfied for certain. So here... Here the altar yells at him, he doesn't yelling at him, but the altar gives it to him that he buys tits, so you should have given him him snug said you should have slug, what's going on? Yan the pshat was in the altar, he wanted his talmidim to be intellectual people who think. Who don't just do things, so all of a sudden they had like this whim. There's a thought. They're not whims, they're thoughts. They wanted to be people of intellect, people whose decisions rule them. See, he wanted, if he, all he wanted from a rudiment was to have a reason. If you were learning, why did you randomly pick, you had just a flash of inspiration and you're buying pizzas. Why did you spend the money on that? Why didn't you buy pizza? Maybe you need pizza. Maybe it's better for you to have pizza. The point was that you cheshbind, that you sat down and you thought. If he thought, out then, if he would have said, I was learning Yerchel sits I said, Excellent. you were learning Yerchel Tzatz, and you wanted to keep what you learned. If you studied the Sogia and you decided that it's not so Pasha have and Sitz, you're worried about the Shittas of Savasheinim, that you need wool, and you really learned to say, well, oh, never reason. He just didn't want randomness. He wanted intellect, not emotion, to rule the day. If you watch Rev Miller, he was a chef's of intellect. Rev Miller, during the Sheer, would never make a movement, he'd never put his finger in his ear during the show I start scratching his head. He was a person, and this is high levels, and this is years, there's 80 years of working on himself. Red Miller never made an involuntary movement. You watched him, he was magic. He wasn't a stiff person, he was funny, he was emotional, very warm, but he was a person of dignity, of mind. But Miller didn't, during his share, start scratching, never, never, there was no such thing. You saw royalty, you can't imagine in America such a person who, like his. he described to us, you have Isaac Sher, people that were royalty. They were were kings, they were were complete beings of intellect who had worked on themselves for years. He he wouldn't start scratching his bet. he was the decision, he was in front of people. Everything was, if he had an itch, he would think, she would scratch it. These are high, I'm, don't you dare try this today, don't you dare. Don't you dare try this <laughs> today, don't you dare. Because this is years of work. If you have, I was going to see Reb Miller, to, I, to describe what I saw is exactly what I'm describing. He never would scratch his ear in the middle of the shear. He was royalty he was a person of Das. Like he described his Rebbeim to us, so was he, a person of Das. That's what they were striving to produce. When I say What's honest Erlich, is to make sincere decisions, <coughs> that your decisions are thought out and sincere. The first level is to honestly make sincere decisions. That's all our decisions are thought out, to really start thinking, to spend some time with ourselves, to make decisions, what we want to do, what we don't want to do. I'm going to bring out drugs, only I'm bringing out a point. I'm not, I, I asked Mechila, if you, if you were a 64-year-old going in Minshasa, I would do this. It's not, I hope guys don't take this as like an affront. When I went to Reb Naftali Kaplan, he spoke about addictions. Addictions bring stuff out. The extreme helps the guy who's not an addict. I want to tell you, with addicts, the amount of lying that goes on is off the charts. Is off the charts with addicts. My conversation with Bach and the Yeshiva, the struggle with drugs, the lying is off the charts. First of all, you lie how much you do it, but the rationalizations, if a guy would be honest, I don't want to smoke up. The guy doesn't want, but he rationalizes and says, and, and all different kheshmanis, and he's always frustrated on the past, which is vital just another Yetzirah to allow him to do more of it. I messed up. You're, you're 17. You're 18. Everything's in front of you. That I messed up and being frustrated on the past is right there a lie. Everything's just lies. A, a, a professional said, "I've got." He, he said the word denial is don't even know I am lying or something. Don't even know I lie. Don't even notice I lie. Just it's one big a aches of lies, rationalizations. It's the opposite of a person being. Yeah, something like that. But it's just the opposite. The opposite mitzius of a person, of a person, of honesty, of being, this is what I'm doing, this is what I want to do. If you don't want to do it, so stop doing it. But then they'll rationalize, well, maybe I really do. I sometimes do. I think I do. I really, next week, always like all different. It's a mitzius of lying. Now, you can laugh at the addict, but we all have it in our things. It's funny. It's funny. One of the big professionals in there his big thing his, one of the professional at Yisrael Yoni his big thing is to chazer over and over he has the addict chazer. why you hold it's bad write it out and read it 10 times a day marijuana is bad you know it it owns your brain and it's a, well I don't know and you rationalize and say and I'm stressed da, 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 da. you hold it's bad it's bad it's bad so stop but then you rationalize and tell yourself it's all built on lies if this is bad for you don't do it and Chazer, he has them review 10 times a day. They write a list. Why it's bad. What's bad or bad. And then a Bad, bad, bad. Stop rationalizing. Stop. Do you think you should do it or not? Would you advise somebody who is exactly you? Should he do it? No? Then stop. But we rationalize. We all do that. The first step to living a life of Das is to make decisions. What's right, what's wrong, what's true, and what's not. And to try to be a person who lives So let's read this piece. The study of Musa is about ensuring that Das is the foundation of the service of Hashem, according to Rav He warns that Frumkite poses the greatest danger in the area of interpersonal relationships and to the midst of man and his fellow. An egotistical religious drive can cause a person to hurt others, thereby violating explicit commandments of the Torah. In self-righteous justification, born of Frumkite, A person can feel totally justified in speaking Lashnar and creating machlaikis, both of which are serious sins. Applying this would immediately reveal the flagrant violations of important Torah laws in this behavior. Revolba credits from Yisrael Salanter as the originator of the expression from a religious bias. It describes a mindset in which from causes a person to have such a skewed perception of a situation that leads him to justify sinning against other people. Revolba's example of, 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 of religious bias, people in opposing ideological Torah camps commit serious sins of speaking Lashon Hara or insulting and humiliating each other under the misconception they are doing good by fulfilling Hashem will in advancing their ideological cause. Knocking other groups, that's a religious bias. Why are you knocking another group? (coughs) That's that's not from. There are many famous stories about Rabbi Yisrael Salanta's concern that religious fervor should not infringe on interpersonal mitzvahs. For example, he instructed his shul to Davin Mayrev early on Friday night, even though that meant that Kriyashma would not be said during the correct time with its brachas. He said, David Maiv early. The reason for his ruling was to enable Jewish maids to hear Kiddush earlier and eat the Shabbos meal. After the long and hard work of the day, it would be wrong to keep them waiting while the shul was fulfilling the Hidder, saying Kriyashma, on the right time. It. See, it was a very from but it wasn't right for the people. <laughs> Now, in the world of Frumkite, serving Hashem can degenerate into climbing the ladder of status in religious society. In the competition of who is higher on the ladder, who is closer to God, an act of extra piety nurtures the self-gratification drive of Frumkite. The arrogance of yuara Gaiva, is then another manifestation of the problem of Frumkite, for the religious drive spurs a person to perform acts of extra piety in a self-centered attempt to demonstrate religious superiority over others, to them in the process. In contrast to this scenario, Revolba writes that one of the foundational principles of Das is that a person becomes close to Hashem through humility and submission. He builds his thesis on comment on the Mishnah, Beloved is man creating the image of Hashem, Beloved is Christ, I'll call the children of Hashem. In Revolva's interpretation Rabbi Yoyinu teaches that being close to Hashem is not a product of our actions, but rather a gift from Hashem. The effort people should focus not on bringing themselves close to Hashem, but on simply doing the right thing in accordance with Hashem's commandments. Be loyal to Hashem. Hashem grants His close as a gift, which we humbly accept. It is not some achievement for which we are ar- arrogantly strive. Be humble. Do what Hashem wants from us. Do what Hashem wants. That's do what Hashem wants. Submit to Hashem. There's a line, that's what Revolver said. Rebbe said to his students, do not climb to the heavens said brilliantly, don't climb to the heavens. You don't make yourself like the Ever Hashem. Like you do bigger stuff and a better stuff and more stuff. Now I'm climbing the religious ladder. No, if you're a humble person who loyally follows what he's supposed to do, Hashem will gift you with closeness. Be a loyal, humble, truthful person to do the right things. That's what Rabbi Rocha Re- meant, do not climb to the heavens. This means that while closeness to Hashem is a value, it is not attained through climbing up to the heavens. It's not achieved by seeking to elevate oneself, but rather by humbling and submitting oneself before Hashem in simple and loyal dedication to the fulfillment of His will. If anybody would be zoich one day to meet Reb Aaron David, mayor zoich to a close Kesher, you see what Reb Yerucham meant, don't climb to the heavens. It's not a person trying to advance, climb the religious ladder to get a step higher in the, in the totem pole. There's a humility and a humbleness and a loyalty to what is Chiyu to doing his duties, service, humility. <clears throat> I'm going to end with this last line, which is such a gorgeous line. This is like there's a stunning, Mayor, listen to this line. This, this is like so gorgeous. We do not strive for Frumkeit. We treasure and nurture erlichkeit, which is about the integrity of inner growth rather than the superficial religiosity or self righteous ambitions. It's about profound humility, which leads to a genuine appreciation of other people, to a deeper connection to Hashem, and to sincere fulfillment of His will. I see when people are very busy, where their standing is, where they're up to, who they're ahead of a very competitive society stands in the way of this inner growth, of this erlichkeit, of this submissive type of behavior, of doing the right things, of doing good things, of making decisions. So that's what we're striving. That's, this is all under the guiding of a truthful person, an Ishtam Yeshiv And You know what I'm fascinated about? Mayshala. Rav Victor Miller made a massive impact around the world. Do you know he barely left his house? Rav Miller was like makb not to leave Brooklyn. It stands in contrast to the person who's out there trying to make a name. He's out there trying to. I had a masech. I can tell you. I'm going to tell you a personal decision, but just I want to talk about this as in, in a big picture, Mayor. I had a Shabbos. Where I, had, I was going to be at my shul at the time. Today, it's a bursting big shul, Baruch Hashem. At the time, maybe we had 20, 20 people at the Minyan. And weekly, we sat me and 20 people at my beautiful Minyan. Now Baruch Hashem it's a beautiful, it's much larger. It was 20 people, me and 20 people, and week after week after week. There was one week I was invited to like a magnificent thing. I was invited somewhere for a week to a hotel, somebody was made, a rich guy, a huge Shabbos, I was going to speak, like it was a whole, and of course you're tempted for that, let's get out there, and you rationalize, I've messaged, I'll reach more people, but your duties are to sit in your shul, that's what your responsibility are, your much better impact on the world is to say in shul, I sometimes feel I give a lady shear every Shabbos for years now. For years and years. It's one of my favorite, maybe my favorite shear I give. I'll tell you what's my favorite because it's very small. For years and years there were two or three ladies who came, my wife and my sister were two of the two or three ladies. My, my sister. And now now it's huge. Now it's like exploded to about eight, nine ladies. It's huge now. But for years and years, I've been giving this shir this shir the shear forever. The sheer Shabbos afternoon. And I always feel there's something so big. I feel like I'm talking to the whole world. When you do your duty, your place, your mission, your thing, you don't look to try to chase the, 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 the limelight, like chase the place to be. Do your thing and do it well and do it silent and be real. That's Kite over fromkeit. I'm saying the example where I pass, I fail many times, and it always becomes this dilemma. It always becomes. I have offers different times to go on different Shabbatays to speak. There's a friend of mine who I love, and he makes fun of me. Oh, he makes fun. It's good for me. I I love the guy. He's a a real friend. If I go speak, I want him to beat me up. Oh, big speaker, Kalish! Wow, proud of yourself, like he's making fun. You belong in your shave, What are you doing? It's very tempting, a lawyer, oh, you went here to speak, but make a taste, you have a job. Now, I'm not saying not to speak this. Anybody who speaks is wrong. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you have to make decisions to think it out. It will always look, we're we're not chasing, we're not climbing the ladders. We're not advancing. Do your job. Be true to an idea. Be true to a mission. Be true internally. What's right? What's the best thing to do? Now, sometimes you'll say there's takaris in it. You'll have cheshbainus. You'll have decisions, all different types of decisions, why you'll make it, but make sure it's an inner decision. That's what we have to make sure. That's what the Bali Moser wanted to produce. Somebody who's making solid internal decisions. Now, I do say to a Bachar, and I want to say this, that step one is do it. Step one I don't want to learn Maybe it's just gaiva. Get your day Davin and learn Let's go Let's go Davin and learn And make a full schedule Learning If the motivation Is faint, The motivation Is a sin. Just do it I'm talking about as we're, proceed, as we're advancing, as our day is full of davening, full of learning, as we're advancing to try to work ourselves out to make healthy internal decisions, Ehrlicha decisions, that's, what, that's what's important for us. When we speak about an Avram, a Yaakov, an Ishtam, a truthful person, echad bepev, echad believe, this is what we're talking about. This is what we're... But even in our stage of growth, there are many decisions like that that are important for what I need, for what's good for me. An example of Ehrlichkeit over Frumkeit is if you need an art school, so use art school. But what's he going to say? What's, I don't know. From worries, I don't want to use an arts scroll because it doesn't look good, it doesn't advance me. Oh, you're, oh, you're one of those. You need an arts scroll. An Erlich person does what's necessary. He thinks about it, he speaks to rebellion, he makes an intellectual decision. Even your schedule. There's another guy learning longer than you. It's nice that you're impressed and you're inspired by that, but to make an intellectual decision of the schedule that's good for you and then stick your intellectual decision to be an Erlicha, honest, sincere person of what you need, of what the next step is, of how you can grow, that's the picture, that, that's the picture of what we're looking to produce, that Erlicha person. Sa'ad Kan, Rabbi, say, this essay that I wanted to read with the early. Right, what's this about? It's about a lot of the Musar personalities. You think about a all all, lot, of, lot of Jewish <laughs> about or The Lithuanian, specifically the Lithuanian school of thought. Specifically. <laughs> What's this book about? Lithuanian rabbis. rabbis. I wanted to share totally different topic for a minute. We're talking about the month, we're talking about the month of L'Hoy Sulahal. we're in Kislev, a month of thanking Hashem, of appreciating Hashem. I wanted, Dovi, I wanted to tell you, in the, in the Rev. Miller, reading the Red Miller book, he has two, so many times, so many times along the way, we almost lost Rev. Miller. It's amazing that Clyde, so Reb Miller became Remiller Miller at 24. He had a gutsy, gutsy move, which I'm awed by. Remiller at 24 was an accomplished Talmud Chacham. He had gotten his smicha ready, and he did a very courageous move. He went to Slobodka, which was wild. At 24, he went to Europe. An American kid, he left his comfort zone which is crazy, and at a time when, okay, that's it, you're successful, you're a Talmud Chacham. He had smicha already, he knew a lot. He went to Slobodka and he really began again, and the world got Reb Miller. Reb Miller spent six years in Slovatka, and the rest of his life he was living in Slovatka. He became a Talmud of Reb Isaac Sher. That was his Rebbe for life. And he was a changed person, and all, he impacted all of Clydesdale from in his little conclave. He didn't go out, he didn't run around, he wasn't out there, Miller. But from the truth, from in the base fetish, uh-huh. he reached the world and changed the world, left a massive impact. The world's a different place, post Reb Miller, from his conclave, and from this decision at 24, his little like place of, of living with him. So from, from there he changed the world, and a lot of it came at 24. He made that unbelievable decision when he easily could have just coasted. He could have just gone, you know, gone to work, gotten married, but he wanted more, and all of Klayosov was Zaychet to Allah. But a few times he actually applied for two jobs Ray Miller. He applied for an English job in a public school. It's funny, Rev Huttner used to tell his Talmidim to be English teachers in public school. I want guys very badly to be family-minded people. There are certain professions that I don't like because they don't allow for a person to be family-minded. I want a guy to take a job that he can be an unbelievable husband and father. because so that's an important part of mission in our life. So, Rev. Hutner was very big. Public school is great because you're off at 2 o'clock every day for the rest of the day. You can learn Torah and be a family member. You're off in the summers. There's a lot of vacation time as a public school teacher. Rev. Miller liked me to do it. Rev. Huttner liked to it. Now, Rev. Miller was not a Talmud, Rev. Huttner. But Rev. Miller also applied for a public school job, and unbelievably, he didn't get it. They said his English wasn't good enough, which is hilarious, because Reb Miller had an English like you to die for. Reb Miller's English I, is so wildly impressive, and he had it at the time. It was just a miracle from Hashem. That somehow they said, your English is not good enough, which is strange. Why He felt that maybe it was anti-Semitism, that he was a year. that's what he felt. His English, he had like a, he had a King's English, an off-the-charts English. But the Ashkocha, we never would have had Reb Miller. Reb Miller got that job, he never would have gone to Slobodka today, we are not have Miller. Claudius Yisrael was saved Hashem made anti-Semitism they turned him down for ridiculous reason and because of that we have Rav Miller, he then applied for a rabbinist job in Baltimore he went all the way down to Baltimore, which was a crazy trip to Baltimore he gets to Baltimore and the one who was giving out the job was a childhood mentor of his so he thought for sure he'll get that job and it was in Chinuch, like it was a good opportunity, he'll stay in Chinuch in his life and when he got to Baltimore, like it worked out, somebody else got the job before he got there. He took it was at the time, it was like a crushing blow. Looking back, we only have Red Miller because he didn't get that job. We only have he never would have gone to Slobodka. He wouldn't have been who, Red Miller would have been a nice man. A nice, there would be some Harvey, you know, some guy somewhere, Mercedes, Mercedes, a person, but no. We wouldn't have had the great person that we had, the Reb Miller that we had, the great Reb Miller. We never would have had the Sashem. Hashem. I told the guys this story before. Revyakov Yaakov Kamenetsky, Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky applied to a job. Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky applied for a job in Europe, and remarkably, he didn't get the job. If you know Rav Yaakov, charismatic, a goin' and he didn't get the job. And it was devastating. His family was starving, much, and he didn't get this job in the city, the big city. Because he didn't get the job, Rivyakov Yaakov left his family for eight months. He went. Rivyakov Yaakov traveled for eight months. He was in. Um, for eight months, Rivyakov was in Seattle, away from his family. His family's alone. His his, his wife and children are alone for eight months. And he um, eventually got a job in Toronto and brought his family there. The Rav who got the job, him and his entire family, were killed in the Holocaust. with Yaakov's family, we have the Godla from the biggest people in America, Shmuel Kamenetsky, because of Yaakov didn't get that job, and they all left Europe, and they all left Europe. And the we have them. So many things in our lives that we see as a negative we see as a negative are the biggest positive in our lives. When it happens, I don't get it. Why is Hashem doing this? And it turns, I know a Bakr who's in yeshiva today who inexplicably is like one of the most precious, his midras, his whole life is amazing. And he gets thrown out of a yeshiva like it looks like a terrible Gzerah. It was a bracha from Hashem to get him here, so he'll do the shteigen he needs to do. There's so many things in our lives, at the time, we look at it as something negative. And if, we, if we think about it afterwards, the bracha that exists in it is amazing. The point I'm bringing out is to look at the chesed Hashem in our lives. It's a month of lohoi dei of thanking Hashem, to notice the tremendous brachas in our lives. I do want to sing a song, then I want to speak about something entirely different. <laughs> fall uh, you <coughs> have a Varma song we should sing. No. But I wanna Arma sing digging. we're gonna sing <coughs> Ainaro. What is her name? <laughs>